Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about the Game Awards 2021 and giving uh, a rundown of the winners. Woohoo! We talked a little bit about the news they announced last week, but this is just the winter winners this week. Um, and then we have some picks of the week. But first, John, what have you been up to this week? Man, so I feel like there's there, I have a decent amount to talk about um, because I got the PS5. Because uh, I think oh, that yeah. happened like, the day after we recorded last week, right? It came in. Yeah, and so I've uh, I have some experience with the PS5. And uh, first of all, let me tell you, the experience of like transferring files from the PS4 to the PS5 and calibrating the PS5 with the television not as smooth as I wish it was. That's um, weird. Yeah, like so I, I I did the transfer, started the transfer between my PS4 to my PS5, and it's like okay, that was all good as long as they were on the same, you know, network, Wi-Fi network or whatever, they could do the transfer. Um, but then in setting up with like the TV and things like that, there was a uh, like it, would, it was transferring the stuff in the background, right? So like everything had to stay on, and like there was, you know, I was trying to like oh well, let me optimize for HDR and stuff like that. Some of the settings within the PS5. Um, that other devices have solved for, like the Xbox One uh, X and the Xbox Series X, like just the Xbox uh, infrastructure of like, hey, calibrate this setting here. Um, they'll do this thing, this really interesting thing where like it will uh, change a setting on your Xbox that might break compatibility with the television, causing it to be just a black screen, right? But they'll have like a countdown timer and say like, hey, you know, if, if you don't acknowledge that this worked within the next five or six seconds, we're going to revert it back to the previous setting. Um, meaning that if like you black screens and then like you're like, well, uh, what happened to my signal? I can't, I don't, I don't have control over my Xbox anymore. It would then switch it back and fix it. So you're not just stuck with a black screen. The PS5, no such feature. Um, so there was a moment where like I had a black screen for about like... 20 minutes um, trying to figure out exactly how to like get this uh, the the right settings to get the handshake for HDR full full 4k HDR between my television and my ps5 and uh, I was very concerned for a minute there I was like I'm gonna have to like hard reset this thing and boot it into safe mode and like and all these things but I had to would then have to wait for the for the PS4 transfer to happen in order to fully reset the PS5 and start over essentially because you don't want to like shut shut it all down halfway through and the tr the transfer process um, for fear of errors um, so anyway so I finally the the solution for me, um, was to turn off the television, unplug the PS5 from whatever HDMI port it was in, plug it into a different HDMI port that was uh, configured for standard def for the, uh, for like, or not standard def, but like non-HDR um, for the Switch, and, uh, and use that port. Like, I turned it back on, I was like, oh, miraculously, everything was like was working on that port uh, and so I was able to like get all the settings correct switch it back to the other port and it was fine but uh but yeah dude it was a it, that was a, a bit of a, a process to get the PS5 set up so but once it was set Chris the PS5 is fantastic uh so far I'm very much enjoying uh, the PS5. The uh, it comes with a pack-in game uh, Astro's Playroom which is a little uh, short little cute platformer with uh, Astro from Astrobot Rescue Mission and basically it's a it's a cute platformer where you go through the different generations of PlayStation it basically takes you through PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4 and they're themed levels where you're picking up collectibles uh, that are like basically accessories from those uh, those generations um, it's super fun, man. Uh, that's and it's gorgeous, uh, and it sounds amazing. The the uh, it's a very good showcase of the controller and of the things within the PlayStation Five that feel the most like next gen tangibly. The controller is definitely that thing. Um, you know how like the uh, the Switch has the HD Rumble. 
which yeah. was which was like this uh, this kind of gimmicky thing of like oh feel the feel the ice cubes as you shake the controller. Um, this feels like the the next iteration of that, which it was designed by the same same company that like kind of designed the the phys- physical like structure of that controller of the the uh, switch controller. Um, and so it is kind of the next generation of that, but this feels a lot more like r- real and it feels a lot more like it feels a lot more solid. Like we're tangibly, it doesn't feel like a gimmick. It just feels like, man, whenever something like swoops around the screen, you feel it through your hands. Like, I don't know what they're doing, what wizardry they're doing inside to make it feel like it goes from one, the base of one palm all the way up through like the ridges of the controller to in the triggers to the other side. But it's fantastic, dude. Uh, and, uh, and the, the triggers, the adaptive triggers are very cool. Like whenever you're pulling like something that's a crank, that should be kind of hard to pull the triggers a little bit harder to pull. Um, it would get real. That would get really annoying if it was like a like a, a shooter or something like that that you're having to pull triggers very often. But it for for what I have experienced it on, it is uh, it is awesome. That controller feels really good. Nice. Does I mean does, do they actually use that in games or is it just like that you know demo? Uh, well, so I feel the, like the switch the switch doesn't really use that stuff in normal games. Oh, dude, yeah, totally. Like the switch is like it feels like it's just a it was a gimmick for like two games to start off with, and then now they've just forgotten that it exists um, altogether. Um, so far, the games that I've played have used it in like to varying degrees where like Astro uses it a lot. Cause obviously that's like the showcase. That's the pack in game. It's the one where it's like, you're going to find out what all this thing has to, to offer. Um, even in fact, he uses the microphone that's in the controller a couple of times, which I was like, that's a little, little weird. Um, but the, uh, then I've played Kenna bridge of spirits, which was on sale because it was, uh, it was in the game awards. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, what, what it won or what it was nominated for, um, later on. But, Canterbridge of Spirits uses it in that, like, whenever you do, like, a heavy attack and charge the heavy attack, the triggers will, like, will resist a little bit more and will, like, feel a little bit heavier to pull for some of the heavy attack stuff versus the light attack stuff. Um, and then as far as... Let me think of what other, what other games have I played that use it. Ah, uh, Chicory, which, which again, that, that game is... Uh, we'll talk about that in the Game Awards a little bit later. But uh, that game also uses it and uses the... the um, the rumble in cool ways where it's like a, it's a painting uh, is the main mechanic in that game. And so it feels very like it swoops like left and right across the screen. Uh, and you can feel like that on your hands um, swooping back and forth across the top of the controllers. What the rumble feels like it's doing as you move your paintbrush from the left to the right side of the screen. So there Ooh. are some cool, cool implementations that I've used so far. We'll see like, I mean, we're only one year into the PS five life cycle. I feel like, the switch didn't drop their kind of support for the HD rumble until second or third year, you know, um, with a lot of their games, but, um, so we'll see how long it holds on, but it does currently feel very cool and next gen, like a tangible kind of a, not just a like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how good this looks. It tangibly feels next gen, similar to whenever the Xbox one, uh, whenever I felt the triggers rumble on that, controller um the xbox one controller for the first time playing whatever demo we did that was playing forza whenever you'd hit the rumble strip on the right side the right trigger would go you know that and so it feels tangibly next gen like that where you're like ooh, this this could be a cool gameplay thing like i could see this being just the norm going forward um and so like that's kind of how i feel about the ps5 controller at the moment is like I feel like this is going to be something that people will continue forward with the switch. I felt like it was kind of a gimmick. Um, whereas this feels a little bit the trigger specifically, and then being able to have the rumble swoop across the top feels very, uh, very forward, forward looking like the future will include those types of, of things. So nice. That's cool. But what have you been up to this week, Chris? That's what I've been up to. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I've been up to a lot of, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to do this in the right order. Um, I played a lot of Forza over the, uh, the weekend and, uh, uh, ended up finishing, basically going to get into the hall of fame, which is opening up all the, the different, um, uh, sp- spots on in each festival. Yeah. Um, so did that over the weekend, which was great. Um, and, uh, trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, there was, there was some stuff on sale. So I, I downloaded and started playing uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. I never played that. Hmm. 
And so, and it's really good. I like it a lot so far. Um, I'm a couple of levels into that and uh, liking it, enjoying it. Um, and then... Uh, One of the I think, first big high, high, high profile Kickstarter things um, this mighty number nine, like where where it uh, where it was delayed a lot after the fact, like where it was kickstarted for a ton of money, all these like they added all the additional things, and then uh, and then delay, delay, delay. So you're saying it's it's good. I've never I haven't actually played it. Um, so. Yeah, I mean I enjoyed it. I mean this is the thing. I I mean it was on sale for like three bucks, and so like uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're like, well, how can you how can you dislike a three dollar yeah. game? <laughs> well, and you know, and when it got kickstarted, when it finally came out, I mean. There was a level of disappointment that people had for that game, and uh, you know, I I have hesitated to buy it all the way until now. I mean, it came out years ago, um, mm-hmm. probably four or five years ago now. Yeah, um, because of that, and, and I don't know. I'd have to look at like the reviews to figure out what it got again. Um, I think it got but, decent reviews, like kind of like seven. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't you know? great, but it, I don't think it was bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. Uh, it's worth the money I paid for it. I'll say that so far. I mean, nice. I'm enjoying it, you know. I'm enjoying it a little more than, like, I, I also, at one point, recently started playing Battletoads. I enjoy it more than Battletoads. Nice. Um, which was the Microsoft uh, exclusive. You can play it on Game Pass. And, and that's, you know, a free game, uh, essentially, once you have Game Pass. Ooh. And, I, and I, just, I just wasn't, like... I, I looked up the reviews for Mighty Number no. 9, and they're, they're worse than I remembered. <laughs> What are they? They're like uh, Metacritic has it at a 52 from the uh, from critic ratings. Critics, yeah. PC Gamer rated a 54 percent. IGN gave it a 5.6. Yeah, so maybe just bad, you know. Anyway, yeah. then that's again, that's what I've. That's why I have hesitated to to buy it. Um, and maybe it gets harder later on. Um, but right now, it doesn't feel super super hard. Mm-hmm. I just think I think there were just wild expectations for this mm. um, for this game sure. going into it, and probably I can't remember. I don't know if it was like a uh, No Man's Sky situation where he made a lot of promises as to what the game would be and do, mm. and it just wasn't that. I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah. But uh, I think the the other. Oh, go ahead. No, you're 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 good. Like I, I was just gonna say, like I don't I don't know if that was the situation or that people just like everybody has in their brain like the, that it was gonna be like the next Mega Man, you know. Well, I mean, there's, and, there was definitely that pressure, you know, yeah. like and, and and you know, for good or for bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you can, it's like it's almost impossible to live up to one of the most revered franchises uh, of all time. Yeah, um, you know. So yeah, um, I've also been playing a lot. Uh, oh, well, two things. I've been, so I've I've been playing um, as much as I could of Vanguard Battle Royale, um, the new Warzone map. Um, it's very glitchy right now. It's uh, uh, there's Is a it? lot of like connection problems. Yeah, there's a lot of like. Uh, you know, it takes a lot to get your game running sometimes, like a couple of guys that we play with, you know, they had to, d- uh, delete and redownload and Woof. clear their cash. And then like, uh, one of them still couldn't do it until he bought Xbox live gold, even though you're supposed to be able to play it without gold. And one of them had to buy the, the game, like call of duty Vanguard to be able to play it. And it's just like, it's all over the place. And you know, those kind of things are all, all online. Uh, right now I can't play modern warfare. Uh, multiplayer for some reason i'm gonna have to, like this keeps telling me that it's missing some kind of data pack that i've already downloaded all of oh, no. so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to delete and redownload that and I th- and honestly i think like a lot of the problems come from the fact that they've they they've they still have warzone built on top of the modern warfare game i think they mm-hmm. need a they need to basically to uh remove warzone from the modern warfare client and like just have two separate like games where like Warzone exists over here and Modern Warfare exists over here. Sure. Um, I think it just introduces a lot of a lot of problems. Um, but uh, overall, once you once you play, it, I love the new map. I love the new uh, the new um, some of the new guns. Like at first, I wasn't a huge fan because I was just kind of like randomly like you know picking guns. But uh, there's a there are a couple guns that I'm like, man, these are slamming guns. Um, the thing I don't like is Vanguard Royale, and so that, that that's the new like exclusive to Vanguard uh, game mode where you have to only use Vanguard skins, weapons. Um, there are no, like, helicopters, all that kind of stuff. There are hmm. no, like, proximity mines or hmm. any kind of, like, claymores or anything like that. And 
it's all I guess on because foot. of the time, like because of the setting. Is that right? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just an excuse to like somehow sure. limit the game. Uh, right. That's the only. That's the only mode that currently has the entire offering of different player uh, numbers. So like. Mm. Normal Battle Royale is quads only right now. Vanguard Royale, you know, there's solos, duos, trios, and quads. And um, it's just not fun as fun to me. Like, and, and that's, it just kind of goes against our play style anyway. We, you know, usually get, get the chopper and go find a bunch of recons. But, I mean, so, anyway, uh, played that with the crew. And about three games in, won our first match on the New Island. So that Woo-hoo. was pretty awesome. Super pumped about that. Um, I also, John, started, uh, this was... It, in the first couple days when everyone in our group was trying to figure out how to actually play that game, um, I downloaded the latest season, the new season of Fortnite and started playing Fortnite again. And uh, it's surprisingly, I'm still pretty decent at it and uh and it and it's fun i i forgot how how much i enjoy that game so dude fortnite's Fortnite's always a classic like i might i might play some fortnite here uh a little bit soon have you seen so there's like spider-man gameplay within fortnite somehow um like web slinging around the different areas and it looks really fun looks like a pretty wild uh wild thing do what now like there's spider-man spider-man is coming to to fortnite yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, like yeah, web so you can, slinging all over the place. Yeah, I haven't seen. I mean, I haven't seen the any web slinging, but like his. So I, the way that they do their their battle pass seasons, like things unlock, and you use like as you progress, you get these like basically stars to unlock whatever you want out of the battle pass, which is kind of cool. But they're also yeah. timed. Um, so some of the Spider Man stuff is coming later. Uh, mm. You can unlock later, and so um, you know, as I play more, I'll get the chance to unlock that. There's cool. also, I mean. The Rock is in it as well. Like he's a character in it now, um, and uh, and so like that's interesting and cool. So I, like what they're trying with the, with the story. What I feel like that they're doing now, like with the story, is they're starting to tie all of the the different seasons and versions of the uh, island together to make sense of these different storylines and what, sure. what's been happening. And so I actually like that idea. I'm like, okay, this, you know, this is something I would come back for now that we're tying all this together and kind of changing the story to, to fit that narrative. Um, and uh, it seems like what's happening is like the original version of the island is like the real like world, and then the everything since then has been some kind of like alternate universe kind of thing. Um, some sort of like simulation of yeah. the real world. Yeah super interesting because like you're essentially like stepping into a simulation you know i don't know it's, it's that's very like meta you know i mean which i mean that's all you really have with the storyline for these things you know like they don't you know yeah they don't have you know a, a a huge narrative i think fortnite does the best job at a narrative um and but it's just never made sense you I mean, really so the, as far as that season. goes, like, I would say, like, Apex has the best narrative because it's like there is like a, a an ongoing story that goes through like that. You could literally just read a book about it. And it, because, but that's not they're not bringing in licensed, you know, like, oh, here's, you know, here's a Santa Claus, you know, like that's not a character like in Apex, like the Apex world is literally just like. You could read the history of the Titanfall universe or the Titanfall stories or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I get that whenever you introduce, like, IP I mean, from all these different areas, yeah, it has to well, get I, weird. I, well, I say that, and, like, I, yeah, and I don't think it's, it's not the IP that makes it, like, makes it feel like they have to do that. It's not that. It's just the, you know, the overall just, like, storyline, what it means. And, like, and I get the Apex thing, and I get the, I mean, Warzone has a storyline, like, you could... If you if you wanted to lay it out in, in in a linear fashion, you could. I don't think they're very good. Like I don't like I don't especially the Warzone one. I don't follow that thing. That it doesn't make any sense. You know. It's just oh sure, stupid. Warzone Warzone doesn't make any sense. Um, have you read anything about the Apex? Like they have comics and stuff that they tell their story through, <laughs> and and cinematics yeah, and and radio. Plays. I mean, I've, I, not not recently, but like I've watched the I've read a couple of the comics and like I mean again they're they're very. It doesn't feel in any way complex enough to, at least in the stuff that i read to to be worth the time to to unravel it or there's no mystery behind it that i want to figure out you know what i mean but with at least with fortnite there is like i'm like okay i actually want to know like what was the deal with that first season and why that 
like this, these certain things happened, you know, why the cube showed up and all that kind of junk and like okay. what that actually meant. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you, uh, have read enough of, uh, of anyway, agree to disagree here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a, again, I haven't, I haven't engaged with it recently, but at least early on, whenever, whenever I was reading the, like there was some, a couple comics out and then there was a couple of different character introductions in that those first couple seasons just didn't like grab my attention with apex. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Cool. I love it. Well, Chris, we're going to get into the Game Awards. But first, the pick of the week. Pick of the week. All right, John, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week this week is a game. It's on Game Pass, so everyone can go out and play it. And I do recommend everyone plays this. Um, it's on Game Pass PC as well as on Xbox. Um, and it's a uh, it's a short game. Uh, I played it in about two hours. Like I finished the, the whole thing, um, you know, got through the whole campaign in about two hours. And it is uh, called XO1. So EXO1. Um, and the main conceit of the game is that you are flying an alien spacecraft um, and attempting to unravel and figure out uh, what happens to or like how to how to how do I do this without spoiling some of the like the narrative stuff later on uh, you're trying to figure out what happens to a an astronaut crew that that um, was exploring I think it's Saturn or maybe it's Jupiter I think it's Jupiter they were exploring Jupiter and you're trying to trying to piece together and figure out what happens to that uh, astronaut crew um, but you're the main like mechanics of the game are you are controlling this spacecraft which is an orb and the way that you control the spacecraft is kind of by altering gravity. So, like, you can tell it to like get really heavy and uh, and suck it down to the to whatever surface of the of the planet that you're on, and then you can tell it to get really light, and then it'll take off, like lift up uh, up off the ground. So, what it, this translates to is you can glide, and you can have like there's like a double jump mechanic a little bit later on. But the way that it works is. You get really heavy to roll down a hill and then like on the uphill, like you get really light and then you just launch off the other side and then glide, um, which is a really cool, like, I don't know. It feels, it feels somewhat like, like a Sonic game in that way where like that sense of speed, um, and that sense of like, obviously whenever you're flying and gliding, it's not quite like a Sonic game, but like that sense of like acceleration felt very similar to like a lot of the, the Sonic kind of 3d games, um, that I've played. And it's, uh, it's, it was super fun. I, I very much enjoyed it. I, if it was any longer, it would have gotten a little bit more, a little bit too long, but as it was as a two hour long game where like you get kind of this cool narrative, uh, in between each of the levels and flashbacks and things like that to, to why you're doing what you're doing and uh as well as like this sense of speed like you can break the sound barrier and those there's achievements for un breaking the sound barrier on on each of the levels for a certain duration of time and then there's like certain achievements for like going super high up in the air and, and there it's a, it's it's a pretty fun game it's also gorgeous so that helps it along a little bit for me cuz like on the uh on the OLED screen man it is uh it is quite a gorgeous game to like be flying this sphere through various alien planets with various like lighting palettes and clouds and rain and um a lot of a lot of cool stuff visually going on on these levels uh, a lot of uh, like alien architecture big you know kind of pylon looking things and stuff so it's uh it, it's it's worth checking out again only two hours it's on game pass so if you have game pass you can just download it play it and uh it is uh it is a blast Nice. That's awesome. Uh, what is your pick of the week this week, Chris? So my pick of the week is a, uh, a show that's been out for a while. I just uh, recently started watching it. It's Yellowstone. Um, with, uh, it's got, um, well, man, why can't I? Uh, uh, Kevin Costner in it. Um, it's uh, written and directed by Taylor Sheridan, who um, wrote Wind River, Sicario, Hell or High Water. Um, and uh, they're, they're, uh, they're in their fifth season, I guess. Um, the first three seasons are available on NBC's uh, Peacock app, and then the last two are either on Paramount Plus or, like, if you have, you know, YouTube TV or uh, Comcast or something, and you can you can watch them there. 
Um, but it's man, it's really, really good. Uh, really, really into it. Um, if you like uh, cowboys, it's a it's a more of a it's a current day um, story uh, about um, a ranch out uh, in the uh, the west and. Um, uh, Kevin Costner runs that. They're also doing a spinoff called I, I think it's 1882, something like that, set back in, for, like in the same area, back in uh, the uh, the end of the 1800s, and uh, it's it's really really good. Well well acted, well directed, well written. I I love everything that Taylor Sheridan writes, um, and uh, that's it's uh, my pick of the week because uh, I'm super digging it right now. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Now, so so let me let me. I have a question for you about the method with which you acquire it. So you said the first ah, few yes. seasons are yeah. on one streaming service, yep, and then the last, the most recent season is not on that streaming service, but it's on like other streaming services. Yeah, I don't I don't know why this is, but yeah, the first and I I I don't know if it's because Paramount Plus is fairly new and wasn't hadn't launched when they first I don't remember I don't know I have no idea why so maybe they but had yeah. a contract to put it on Peacock but then no idea yeah maybe I you know it doesn't make any sense to me but because I feel like this is like it, it airs on television on Paramount Network okay. and that's where then that's where Paramount Plus stuff goes <laughs> um but like for some reason it's on Peacock for the first three seasons but so yeah like the first episode if you just want to check out the first episode you can watch that for free with ads on Peacock and then the rest of episode one or sorry season one two and three those are all on Peacock and then right now at least if you don't have a cable TV service provider that will allow you to watch things on demand you can go to Peacock uh sorry now Paramount plus and <laughs> Seasons four and five are on there. I I have no idea why it's like that. It's super confusing. It was confusing for me to figure out. Yeah, we can't possibly continue down this path, right? <laughs> like I don't all know, the dude. streaming services. I mean, we're we're basically back to the point where like, uh, so I mean, once once football season is over, I could mm-hmm. see myself maybe pausing our, my television subscription or something like sure, that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because I'm not watching a ton on there on YouTube TV other than that. But, like, I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, I'm subscribed to YouTube TV, HBO Max, now Peacock mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh, Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, like, all for different reasons. Like, I'm paying probably, it's, 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 it's probably it's equal to, equivalent to, or more than I paid for mm-hmm. my, satellite TV service back in the day. Now, that that being said, I am more I'm I feel like I'm actually watching more things that I choose than yeah. I used to. You know that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, cuz like with the cable thing, you like you just turn on the TV and whatever's on, you have to watch that, right? Or right. unless you recorded it, right? Um, right. but then like with, well, with streaming services, you literally get on and you're like, I want to watch X. And so you go to that streaming service and you watch it, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with like, um, even, uh, YouTube TV where, because, because you can so, so easily, it's not like it even has to record to your DVR. You just like sure. add the, add the show. You can yeah. start it at any time. You can start it late. I can start a game late and catch up to it while it's, you know, uh, and, and fast forward through commercials, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know that I watch anything live, live, except for sports. Right. Like that's the right. only thing now. Right. Um, uh, yeah. And I guess, like, you know, just just with me for the streaming stuff, like, it's like I, I have always, like, disliked the whole cable thing where, like, you just get, like, a bunch of channels where you're like, so I, you I only need, want, yeah. yeah, I want, like, two of these channels, <laughs> you know, and I have to pay, like, for a whole, like, package of them um because that's how the bundles work or whatever so like with the streaming services it feels like a little bit more because i'm like okay well i'm paying you know hbo max for xyz and paying for disney plus for xyz you know and then i don't have to do hulu all the time and i don't have to do the others all the time you know so i guess if you wanted to like kind of uh pick and choose based on what whatever month you could so it could be less expensive um than a cable thing could ever be because like with cable you always just were locked into whatever tier you kind of chose because of the well i just want the i want the 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 disney channel or something like that and so like you basically have to pay for 11 or 12 or 15 or 20 channels uh in addition to your your disney channel so yeah it's it's all a wash like i feel like we 
for, like people were real big on like, hey, we're cutting cable, and you know, like that's great. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. But then, like, we've just replaced them with all these like streaming sure. services for different various reasons, mm-hmm. and. I do. I like the idea of like it's all a la carte now. Yeah. You know, like where you can pick and choose, and like if you want to watch, you know, binge watch Yellowstone on Peacock and then get rid of it, which is probably, I'm gonna, probably what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like I can, yeah. I can do that versus like having to pay for it forever. You know that kind of thing. Sure. Um. I mean the same kind of thing with like um, uh, HBO Max. I wonder like I mean I don't know they've got they've actually got me hooked on some of their shows, but like um. <laughs> At first, I was like, "Well, once they stop putting new movies on here, I'll yep. unsubscribe from it." Definitely. But now, now I'm like, "Okay, I want to see, I want to see, watch The Accountant season two, sure. and uh, there's a couple other like shows are watched it on worked, there." It worked, Chris. It worked. It it did work. Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely worked. <laughs> um, Hulu is one where is is like probably the thing that like I am closest to getting rid of because I don't I don't watch um, Seinfeld on there anymore. That's all mm-hmm. on Netflix. And uh, the only thing on Hulu that uh, I think will be on there is the uh, that I need to watch is like Bob's Burgers and the new season of It's Always Sunny. But like, that's the thing I just need to like actually make them make my YouTube TV record them. Yeah, and I could probably get rid of Hulu. Yeah, I also <laughs> liked Murders in the Building. Like I talked about that on the show, and yeah, you know that's only on Hulu, so. Um, yeah, that Hulu is the one, like, I, I didn't have Hulu for, for, like, a year or whatever, but I've got, I got, they got me back, Chris, because they offered a, a, a deal around Black Friday of pay $1 a month for the next year, for next 12 months or something like that, so I got back in, so I'm in for 12 months on that, because it was only $12 for 12 months. Nice. So, anyway, just gotta remember to cancel it by the time that 12th month rolls around, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, that's the thing. Yeah. It's the choice is in our hands now, which is nice, but it is just basically the same. You know, we've just yeah. traded, traded one yeah. thing for another. Definitely. Um, all right. So, uh, your pick of the week was XO one on game pass. And, uh, my pick of the week was Yellowstone on Peacock and Paramount plus. <laughs> All right, John. So we're going to give a quick rundown of the uh, the Game Awards nominees and winners um, and uh, kind of just give a, a recap of what happened. Um, I will say, like, this was just a weird, another weird year. I know last year we talked about it being a weird year. This is just another weird year where I feel like there weren't a ton of huge releases this year. Triple um, A giant releases. And so that, that kind of definitely shows up here in these nominees. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about it a little bit whenever we were talking about, like, hey, what's coming out the next couple of months or whatever, how, like, it seems like Microsoft had, like, a really, like, really good year. PlayStation, like, they were they were doing okay, like, you know, but then, like, dropped off around, like, August or something, maybe even before that. And then Nintendo, similar thing where it's like, okay, they've had a couple of 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 their kind of uh I would I would identify them as like second tier kind of games come out and release and and be really good but not the volume that we have seen in the past um you know and so yeah yeah whenever you've got like one and a half of your you know major th- three major parties kind of firing and then the rest is filled in by the third party I, f- I feel like that's kind of just what 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 we get you know <laughs> for yeah. the year so so I'm reading from an article on IGN called The Game Awards 2021 Winners, The Full List by Adam Bankhurst. Uh, we're going to start with the game of the year. The nominees were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and It Takes Two, One. Um, I'm just going to you know, be completely honest. I didn't play any of those games. Yeah, so uh, let me see. Let me, let me make sure I confirm with the list. That I, yeah, so I, re- I played Psychonauts 2. Um, it was a fantastic game, um, but yeah, I didn't play any of the uh, or and Metroid Dread. That was also a, a really good game. Um, it takes two winning is interesting. Like that's one of those like smaller EA games um, from the developer of uh, Brother Tale of Two Sons and what was the other one? Uh, uh, a Way Out. Like was the other one? Like, the other one? It's, it's uh, a two. Yeah, yeah. It's a couch co-op two-player game, is basically. That, is that on Game Pass Ultimate? through ea play or, or anything yes i believe that it is well i need to play that then yeah and so like and 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 it's but it's a two-player game like you have to have two players uh to play it 
And, uh, but yeah, like, so I don't know. It's just interesting that that one won. Well, I was going to say, here's my thing. Like, I don't know that in a normal year where we have like a ton of AAA releases that Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, It Takes 2 actually make it on this list. Yeah, um, and it's like, or even and, Resident Evil Village. I mean, I'm not, I mean, right. I mean, it was, or even it was Metroid pretty... Dread. Like, I, I do feel like a Metroid Dread is a is a side scrolling 2D platformer. Like, like it's 3D, obviously. Like everything's rendered in 3D, but like it's 2D plane is like where all the action takes place, and that's just not a typical like kind of a thing to do. I guess Celeste was nominated for the, for this one year, um, so maybe. But well, like, but it, dude, this, I mean, and but, but Celeste was freaking fantastic. I mean, I, I get yeah. it. It's like, yeah, that's a standout. Where it's like, oh yeah, we're surprised <laughs> that that's on there, but it was just a freaking fantastic game sure and i guess like yeah it's yeah you're right like this is like this isn't like there isn't like one game where you're like that one is gonna win it either like you know and it's not even like there's like three games where you're like it's gonna be one of those three it's like it literally just like draw a name a number out you know from one to six out of a out of a hat and like that that, any of these could have won so yeah um the uh nominees for uh outstanding creative vision best game direction look exactly kind of the same death loop it takes two returnals the different one in there mm-hmm. uh psychonauts two ratchet and clank rift apart and the winner was death loop cool uh best I, narrative I, do, I am a little bit disappointed that that like psychonauts two didn't win on something i don't think they won anything um specifically because like that game the way that they integrate it's the the gameplay with like the story is so good uh like it's it's basically another one of the the examples of like this couldn't exist in a movie form like it's a video game and it's the way that they they integrate the way that the the gameplay works with the story it it couldn't be something else like it couldn't be told with a different medium really and so that's the only reason why i'm like ah i just wish that like video games that were like so unique that they had to be a video game um i i that that i I would vote for that over some of the other things you know yeah um so best narrative uh the nominees for that were death loop it takes two life is strange true colors marvel's guardians of the galaxy psychonauts 2 and the winner is marvel's guardians of the galaxy Uh, i really wanted to play that game i just i don't know why again i that came out i feel like i didn't even know it came out Mm-hmm. yeah i didn't hear much about the lead up to it but then once it was out it's like it's out and i'm like okay maybe i should pick that up so yeah that's 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 one that's been on my like to playlist um and supposedly it's really good like uh supposedly it's very funny and dives more into like the comics side of the guardians of the galaxy and and leans that that way and integrates a lot more characters from the kind of the uh, marvel's cinematic than the marvel cinematic universe like they integrate more comic characters so uh, best art direction nominees were Death Loop, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, The Artful Escape, and Death Loop One. Interesting. I, I I have played some of The Artful Escape. It's it's fun. It's really fun. It's it's a uh, side-scrolling kind of a psychedelic musicy game. Um, I haven't finished it yet though. It's an Annapurna uh, game, and uh, but it was fun. It was it was gorgeous. Uh, I I have now played the first level. Got, got into the title splash screen of Kenna Bridge of Spirits. That game looks gorgeous. It looks like a Pixar movie. Um, that that's why it surprises me that Deathloop won this. I, that's what I was going to that's, that's why you're getting right to the point that I was trying to make, Chris. Is like, I'm so surprised that Deathloop won. It looks cool. Like, it looks cel shaded and stuff, but it's not like a art direction that I feel like I haven't seen before in the likes of like. Um, uh oh man what's the one it's like the first looter shooter oh what was uh uh i feel like i've seen this this art before like this this style of art before that death loop is so i guess it's my point best score music uh the nominees were cyberpunk 2077 death loop near replicant version point one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine marvel's guardians of the galaxy the artful escape the winner was near replicant. Yeah. Now this is an interesting one. Um, the best score slash music, like whenever they presented this, like this was one of the few that I like, I actually watched the, uh, the awards cause I didn't, I didn't actually like sit through the three hours or whatever it was going to take to watch the show. But this one, they didn't play any of the music from any of these games. Huh. Whenever they like announced them, they didn't even list the like 
talk about the composers. Like the composers aren't even listed here in this article because they weren't like shown on the screen. It's just the name of the game. Like, so we don't know who composed any of the music for these things. Weird. You don't know like any of that stuff. And so like, I, I will say that is like a big, like failing in my mind of the game awards. Cause like this award, like there are specific composers that write the stuff. It's not just the game. Um, so just to run through them really quick, we have uh, Cyberpunk 2077 by Marcin Prizbalowicz, Peter T. Adam Kizk, uh, and Deathloop by Tom Salta, Near Replicant by Kichi Okabe, uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy by Richard Jocks, and Artful Escape by Johnny Gavaltron and Josh Abrams. Yeah, and we can talk. Can I talk about? It. I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't watch much of this. I watched a little bit of it, and I, I kind of this was the same way. I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch all three, three hours of this. But like, I saw a lot of chatter online where it was like, and I've and over the years as we've watched the, these kind of like move away from what it kind of felt like it began as is like mm. a trying to be a true award show. So yeah. now it just feels like an E3 presentation with some random awards thrown in that uh they talk about real quick you know yeah, what i mean the, like they kind of like, rushed through i feel like this one this one from what i had seen like this clip and i watched the 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 big ones like the direction and the the big like i watched those it seems kind of like it took a step backwards this year from like agreed. what i've seen in the past where it's like yeah. we are not honoring the uh creative teams behind these works of art as well as we have in the past so yeah. it seems very strange to me it seems more focused on the advertisements yeah, and that's, you know, like, and I, there's always been this balance where people are like, where are the big game announcements? Like, well, that's sure. not what a, a award show should, you know, have to be in order to get people to watch it. And mm -hmm. so there was always one or two. But, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's a, We'll see. We'll see where, where it goes. I, I, uh, things like, the, you know, people, I've saw people online, they were like, well, we, you know, they still have the BAFTAs and all that kind of stuff. But those aren't really, like, uh, broadcast in any, like, great way. Not in, you know, in the same way that, like, the the Grammys or sure. the, the Academy Awards are. And that's what this is trying to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're missing the mark for yeah, my, and, in my opinion. And this is like, they've done this every year um, with the specifically the music awards, like every year in the recent memory, like the, at least it's the last three where they haven't listed the composers for this award or played any of the music. And so you're like, what, what is the context here? Like you're just basically giving out a random award to like with, with presenting zero context to the watcher um, unless you've actually like played these, these games or like whatever all the way through. Right. So yeah, it's just a, it's just an odd choice, I guess for, uh, for some of these awards. Best audio design nominees are Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. The winner was Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I think well deserved. Yeah, dude. Forza Horizon 5 has some really good uh, good audio design. Like, they did a, they, there was some sort of like a video documentary or something like that about them getting all the samples for the different car engines and things like that. So, uh, th this, this game in particular, they kind of upped the ante on the audio. Best performance, the nominees were Erica Mori for Life is Strange, Giancarlo Esposito for Far Cry 6, Jason E. Kelly for Deathloop, Maggie Robertson for Resident Evil Village, and Ozama Akagi? Kaga? I'm probably butchering that name, so I apologize, but for Deathloop. Nice. Uh, uh, the winner win was Maggie Robertson yeah. for Resident Evil Village. Cool. I mean, that's a, like I I love that they list you know they they this is the best performance or whatever, and so they they list all the names you know. <laughs> it's not so. the, the game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, games for impact. Uh, the nominees were which I always for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning or message. I always get like I'm like what is a freaking games for impact? Mm -hmm. um, uh, the nominees were before your eyes, boyfriend dungeon. Chicory, Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, No Longer Home. The winner was Life is Strange, True Colors. Nice. Um, I will say, Chicory, uh, I, I, this is when game has been on my radar since it came out in July or whatever. It was a PlayStation exclusive, so that's why until I got the PS5, I haven't played it. But um, so far, fantastic. Uh, and and I, you know, I haven't played the other games here, so like I can't comment on it here. But I do think the music from chicory could have been nominated for the best music. Cause it is fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Cool. So if anybody, even if you're not interested in, in the game about painting or whatever, that apparently is amazing. Um, one of the best reviewed games of the year, I think like overall on Metacritic or whatever. Um, but if you're not interested in playing the game, just listen to the soundtrack. Cause it is real good. Uh, best ongoing game. 
The nominees were Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy fourteen Online, Fortnite, and Jinshin Impact. Uh, the winner was Final Fantasy fourteen Online. It's interesting to me that we haven't had, at least I don't think we've had, a duplicate winner back-to-back years in a row, mm-hmm. um, which kind of makes me, you know, like this feels a little fishy uh, for this category. Yeah, but, like, or it's just like whenever people win something like this, it's like they they basically do real good for one year and then <laughs> the next year drop the ball. People, well, I don't think that people, uh, that's the thing. I don't think people are dropping the ball. It just feels like they're, they're just giving it to the new person on the block mm. you know new game yeah, on the fa- block every time and final fantasy 14 this year so i there was a time whenever they did they they made a huge portion of the game like free to play and so I, I guarantee that final fantasy 14 had a huge influx of new players this year so like potentially that has something to do with it where it's like you know it was just wasn't something that a lot of uh the the people at the outlets were would play until it became free to play you know so yeah uh, best indie game nominees were 12 minutes, Death's Door, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero. The winner was Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I'm also going to go straight into best debut indie game. The nominees were Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Sable, The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, Valheim, and the winner there was also Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which is wild. Dude, um, uh, that game is gorgeous. Um, so far, the gameplay like is is very tight and fun. Um, we'll see how it all plays out for me as I play through it. Was it nominated for up here? It was nominated for uh, best art direction as well. Yeah, and it's yeah. but yeah. So I mean, winning winning these like I, that was what kind of like made me be like, okay, I really re- like I need to I, I want to play this game like because it it did. Um, interests me whenever i first saw the first trailer um but seeing that it you know it had come out and because i didn't have a ps5 i was like well i am not going to play that game um right now and so now getting more accolades i'm like okay this is put it back on my radar i want to want to go back and play this so um so far it's it's fantastic i have played 12 minutes i have played death's door um and both of those were like death's door was really good 12 minutes was eh. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm so surprised it's, it was nominated here. Um, but what, I mean, I don't think that there are, I mean, I'm sure there were other indie games, but you know, not, not high profile yeah. indie games. Yeah. I mean, Chicory probably should have been nominated here. I feel like, cause I've had more fun with that than I had with 12 minutes in, in the two hours that I played of Chicory. Is it <laughs> so. technically an indie game? Or yes. Just a small game. Yeah. No, it's an indie game for sure. It's not published by a, a, a big publisher. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just twelve minutes. I feel like had a lot, like was like high profile, and that it had a lot of buzz around it. Maybe not even positive buzz. <laughs> uh, best mobile game. The nominees were Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Marvel, Future Revolution, Pokemon Unite. The uh, winner was Genshin Impact. Cool. Uh, now we yeah now we're starting to get into some of these like that are like we're just gonna breeze through. But best community support. The nominees were. Apex Legends, Escape, uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Final Fantasy 14 Online, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. The winner was Final Fantasy 14 Online. Uh, this category was recognizing the game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates patches. Interesting. That's an interesting category, man. <laughs> I know. Agreed. Uh, best VR AR game. Uh, that's a little more straightforward. Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2, Lone Echo 2. Resident Evil 4 and Sniper Elite VR, Resident Evil 4 was the winner. That's also the only, like, AAA kind of experience there. Sure. I mean, you could consider maybe Hitman 3, like, a uh, AAA, but, like, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is just, has, it's like, that has the name cachet, too, of just, like, it's, it, Resident Evil is a huge franchise to have uh, in VR like that, so. Uh, innovation in accessibility, recognizing software and our hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. I think this is a new category for this year. I think it's either this year or last year. It was it was it was relatively new. So the nominees were Far Cry Six, Forza Horizon Five, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. The winner was Forza Horizon Five. Yeah, the, the cool thing about Forza Horizon Five. So. I love there. There are two like 
two specific accessibility things and then a third that I'll, I'll throw out there that I love about it and have have used for various reasons. Um, the first is like it'll it'll help like steering assist and then um, braking assist. So like if you wanted to turn both of those on and, and go do races or whatever, you could hit the gas and it'll really help you learn to, to brake and things like that. Like if you get into a situation where you got to slam on the brakes, it'll slam on the brakes for you. Um, so I think that's a really cool, cool way to learn to play the game a little bit more effectively which uh which i have heard from 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 friends that like that was a helpful way to learn to play like that racing game um the other thing is if you wanted to like literally just slow down the entire game you can slow down everything in the game by percent like i think it's like by percentage points so like if you were like struggling with a specific turn or whatever you could slow it down to like 80 percent of the speed and learn how to take a, a specific turn or whatever so like that that uh those accessibility options, like just in general, are are super cool. Yeah, dude. Um, the next category is uh, this is weird how they're ordered. I feel like this should have been up above this stuff, but best action yeah. game. Uh, the nominees were Back for Blood, which I still haven't played, and I'm still bummed about. Chris, uh, we need to play it. I want to play yep. through. I've 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 uh, I'm like still in Act Two or something like that. We should play it. Yeah, Chivalry Two, Deathloop, Far Cry Six, and Returnal. The winner was Returnal. Um, best action adventure game. The the uh, nominees for that were Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Psychonauts Two. The winner was Metroid Dread. Best RPG. The nominees were Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus. Shin Megami Tensei 5 and Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise was the winner. Best fighting game. The nominees were Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yeba, The Inokami Chronicles, Guilty Gear, Strive, Melty Blood, Type Lumina, <laughs> Nickelodeon R All-Star Brawl, Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. The winner was Guilty Gear, Strive. Dude, I love the name of Melty Blood. Like Melty that makes me Blood. Want, it makes me want to check it out. Like <laughs> yeah, I know. I never would ID Melty Blood as a fighting game either. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. Uh best family game, the nominees were It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, no, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury, Warrior Warrior, Get It Together. Okay, what is It Takes Two? Explain Chris, it to me. Do you know what it is? So I I so <laughs> I've I've heard numerous people talk about this as uh, like being like it's not a family game. Well, so that's why I, it doesn't seem like it, or at least knowing the developer, nope. they don't make family games. Nope, it's not a family it's game. It's a two-player um, game that does not make it a family yeah, game. Yeah, it's a two-player co-op game. So, Chris, the story of it takes two. Let me throw this out there for you and let's see if you think this is a family game. <laughs> the story of it takes two is that these two parents are about to. Uh, like they're they're fighting and gonna get, gonna get divorced, and their child, uh, like curses them, and they are turned into doll form, and then you have to work to they have to work together in order to like escape the uh, being doll world, like being you know, in this fantastical scenarios. Um, so yeah, so it's it, and it deals with with a a lot of weird story stuff apparently uh, along with that like. Yeah. Yeah. That is not a family game. No, not a family game. <laughs> like a family game is like, hey guys, you know, it's well, we just got done eating uh Thanksgiving lunch, dinner. Yeah. Let's uh play a game together. And you pull out Mario Party Superstars and I'll yeah. play something fun and light, not something heavy like that. Yeah. Even like new Pokemon Snap, that doesn't feel like a party game or a family game. Sure, it's yeah. Just like I mean, a, it's, it's a, a single-player like, game. <laughs> it's a game that, yeah, it's a game that, that like, I think multiple age groups would enjoy, but it's not a family game. Right, right. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't call that one a family game either. Um, Weird, dude. It's, a, it's strange. Like, if, yeah, Mario Party or, like, WarioWare or something like that should have won, I feel like. Right. Because the others just don't apply. Yeah, and, and the Mario Party, Super Mario 3D World would have been fine, and yeah. WarioWare would have been fine. Any of that yeah. stuff. <laughs> Well, even Super Mario 3D World, it's a two-player game, but I, I wouldn't call it necessarily like the best family game. Like, well, like I mean, yeah, I think like that. Uh, the reason I went there is because like, okay, that's yeah, it's it's multiplayer, and like, I would be it would be okay to fun and fun to watch and help, like yeah. you know, like help direct whoever's playing, you know. Sure, like yeah, and I guess like you know, it would, it's easy things to conceptualize for the entire family, you know, like yeah. that sort of thing, you know. 
Uh, best sports racing game. The nominees were F1 2021, FIFA 22, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Forza Horizon 5, Riders Republic. Forza Horizon 5 was obviously the clear winner. Yeah, I mean, especially like they always combine this sports slash racing game. Yeah. And like this has two racing games weird. and the rest of these just like aren't racing games. So. I still don't know why they do that. Like, I, there are enough sports games to have their own category, but I'm not Agreed. sure. Are there, are there usually enough racing games to have their own category? I guess that's a good point. Probably not. Um, I mean, I think we just happen to have this year Hot Wheels, Unleashed, Forza Horizon 5, and Riders Republic. But like, I, I'm trying to think, yeah, you're probably right. It's really like these smaller, smaller games that wouldn't stand a chance against like Forza or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, you know? I mean, on the on the occasional year that, like, Dirt comes out again, like, oh, Dirt 6 or, like, whatever, maybe. But, right. But, yeah, I, it's just, like, I, I... You definitely have well, enough sports games every year, but not not always enough uh, enough of yeah, the racing true. stuff. I mean, that's the thing, though. though like, I think Forza Horizon wins this every time and they come out. Like, that's just going to keep happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for real. I mean, Hot Wheels was, like, supposedly really good. And, I, and if it hits a sale, I'll pick up the Hot Wheels Unleashed. It but was on like, sale around uh, Black Friday. Was it really? I didn't yeah. see it. Oh, man. It was, like, half off. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, uh, yeah, you're right. Horizon, Forza Horizon 5, like, in general, that game is is a masterpiece. So, yeah. Best Sim Strategy Game, Age of Empires 4, Evil Genius 2, World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Age of Empires 4 won, not Flight Simulator. I was surprised by that. Didn't Flight Simulator come out like... No, that was this year. Well, it came out to Xbox this year, but it was on PC the year before. Uh, Maybe. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's just... Uh, yeah, that was a surprise that was on there. Supposedly, Inscription is i don't know i don't know that it fits in this category but like inscription is it starts as like a uh, kind of a card game ish but then it like gets so chris i'm going to spoil something about inscription so if anybody wants to play inscription they uh they should play it with no spoilers but the spoiler is that you find out at some point that you can get up from the table um Oh, as you're playing like this normal kind of card uh, game, card battling game, and you can get up from the table and like walk around the room that you're in, it becomes like somewhat of an escape room, where like you have to play things in the game that change things in the world around you, and well, like solve various puzzles via both the game and the boss battles that you do in the game, the card game, and then also in the world around you, and then you try to escape from like these various areas and yeah. Anyway, it's. Supposedly like a brain-breaking kind of like, a, oh my goodness, this is wild. So I don't know that it fits in almost any category because it's so many different things. But yeah, think, anyway. No, that sounds like a strategy game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Even though it's it has some puzzly elements, it's strategy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. I, think, I don't think they don't have a puzzle category. I would put puzzles in strategy like is mm, what I would probably do. Mm, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, best multiplayer game. The nominees were Back for Blood. It takes two. Knockout City. Monster Hunter Rise, New World, Valheim. Uh, the winner was It Takes Two. Dude, It Takes Two is cleaning up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where we kind of get into some stuff that, you know, I don't really pay attention to a ton, but Content yeah. Creator of the Year. The nominees were Dream, Fusely, Gowls, Ibay. I guess I'm pronouncing that right. The 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 Greg, the, the Gref, the Greg, I don't know. These are all usernames. Dream is the winner. Uh, best esports athlete. Um, the nominees were Chris Simplier, Heo. They all have nicknames. Heo Showmaker Sue. Uh, Magomed Collapse Kaliloff. Um, I guess uh, Alexander Simple, uh, spelled with one in the I letter position. Uh, Kostalev and Tyson Tins. Uh, go? No. No? Yeah. Uh, Alexander Kostlev is the winner. No idea what they play, who they are. Congratulations to them. Um, I also yeah, think that's, that's going to be the same story with uh, is, all of the esports stuff. We always end with like, esports I know. Um, 
I think it's funny that these coaches have like I, are these their usernames or are they their nicknames? I should know this, but like probably I just don't. Probably I don't pay their, attention uh, to esports at all, dude. It's probably their nick, like their handles, um, their usernames. Uh, Arat, Silent, Kaziv, Andre, Ing, <laughs> Shukov, Andre, Blad, Three, Horndusky, James Crowder, Crowder. That makes. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Uh, Kim Koma Jungjin. And and Kim is the winner. Um, best esports event, the International 2021, 2021 League of Legends World Championship, Valorant Championship Tour Stage 2 Masters, PGL Master Stockholm 2021, PUBG Mobile Global Championship 2020. The winner is 2021 League of Legends World Championship. Who accepts these awards for the for the esports event? Probably the organizer. I don't know. Also, like Chris, so some of these awards like are are given off off screen. Like a lot of strange, like even bigger ones are given off, off screen or whatever. Yeah, but, that's the other yeah. thing I hate about this award show where they like, they'll give away like best action game mm-hmm. off screen. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, get yeah. rid of the, all these. Like crazy... I wanted to see that one. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, best esports game. The nominees were Call of Duty, CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, Valorant. League of Legends is the winner. I feel like they've won multiple years in a row. Sure. And just keep winning. Dota 2 won maybe last year or the year before. I don't know. Uh, best esports team. Nominees were Atlanta FaZe. They play Call of Duty. Uh, DWG, KIA for League of Legends. Nettis, Vincere, they play CSGO. Team Spirit, they play Dota 2. Sentinels play play Valorant. And uh, it's Nettis, Vincere for CSGO. It's interesting, like, even comparing, like, esports teams, it's like comparing the people that play different games. So, like... Like in in know, yeah. like in in sports terms, it would be like comparing like a football team to a baseball yeah. team. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's compare like the Patriots you, to the Yankees. Like, I don't know who's better. <laughs> yeah. like, who, who who do I, I pick? I know who I, I like the no best. Idea. The Cardinals, you know. <laughs> so weird. All right, and then the last weirdest uh, award I think of the entire event is Chris, no no no. Th- this one is the only award really that fits the rest of like the majority of the event in oh, that I it's, guess that's it's true. an advertisement <laughs> yeah uh most anticipated game it's recognizing an announced game that has demonstra- demonstra- demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward <laughs> potential it's based on the and potential somehow, it's based on the marketing chris and somehow that makes it the most anticipated <laughs> game it's not it's based like, on the marketing the sentiment it's all about marketing. <laughs> well, no, but like, but their description has has demonstrably illustrated the potential to push the gaming medium forward. That's the weird part to me. How yeah. do we even freaking know? Good call. In that in that sense, you know, like remember um, what was the uh, what was the game? Uh, uh, Watch Dogs, the first Watch Dogs demo mm-hmm. way back in the day, and it was mm-hmm. just, it looked amazing. And you're like, mm-hmm. holy crap, this is like the next gen. And this could yeah. be like what Batman is and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it came out and it was like, well, this is not that. Yeah, I mean, they, they, like there what, was there was legitimate concern about like, man, they, they misrepresented what their game was. It's like No Man's Sky, you know, or uh, yes. what, was the, what was the one um, the one that uh, Peter Molyneux did like back in the day where he's like, you're going to grow a seed. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah. Um, he would always make up like outlandish like claims about his games, you know, what was and, it called? what they were going to be. Well, that's the thing. That's what. So what I'm getting at is this is the the most the dumbest <laughs> category. Like who, if you can't execute on it, who cares how right, like right. ambitious your vision was? Yeah, like I if you ha- want to win this can, award, anyone could have a great vision. Yeah, just lie. <laughs> if, if you yeah, want to win this hey, award, we're gonna have all these features, and we're gonna be able to do this and this and this, and like <gasps> it's the most anticipated game. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> the nominees were Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Starfield. Also, I don't know how any of those necessarily, outside of maybe Elden Ring and Starfield, possibly. But how how does God of War, Ragnarok, or Horizon Forbidden West pushing the gaming medium forward? 
I mean, and even like Breath of the Wild, it's like okay, bre- like sequel to Breath of the Wild, like it's literally the, the same s- thing. The sequel, you know, it's <laughs> so, well, and it's like on the same engine and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So like I I don't know yeah you're you're kind of right where it's like if if you take the description of what the award is like I don't know that some of these are like really apply so it makes sense that Elden Ring won yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's the game awards those are all the uh, categories um, I don't know I I feel like I get less and less uh, excited about this event every year and mm-hmm. um, I care less and less especially whenever there's no, not I mean, it does doesn't help that like industry wide, we just haven't had like a ton of bangers this year. Um, that was just sure. kind of even things like Cyberpunk that were supposed to be like uh, these huge releases, they just weren't. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I guess like for me, like it, it really does come down to like the presentation of like the awards. Like I, I, because like there, like there are lots of things within here that I haven't played, and it's like tell me like like. Sh- celebrate those things like and show me why i should play them um or like you know somehow demonstrate that like hey yeah here's the best of the the indie games this year and like show footage or here's the best of the music this year and play the music you know like there's just like elements of the presentation that i feel like they could do such a better job of getting me excited for this last year in in video gaming than rather than looking at trailers for the next year you know yeah so yeah all right, well, that's uh, that's all we have to talk about this week. Um, I'm hoping that uh, maybe we can, uh, well, I don't even know. Like, we've got Christmas coming up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll figure out our, our releases around that. We have Christmas and New Year's coming up, so we might that's right. have to. Uh, but Spider-Man's coming out um, this week. Um, I, I want to review that soon at some point. Um, and then uh, there's a, I feel like there's other things happening. Uh, we have Halo's out. I want to review that at some point, dude. I played, I played through uh, a little bit more Halo. It's real good. I want to um, now that you know the the Warzone part of it's out. I want to review Vanguard, uh, finish and, and play uh, Vanguard and review that at some point. So we'll we'll put together some of this stuff um, and then uh, also talk about what's coming in twenty twenty two for for um, games, movies, TV, all that kind of stuff as well. At some point, sounds great. You can find us online at staintargetpodcast.com, on social at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And at StayTargetPod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.